The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. My name is Jared Book. Joining me today is Patrick Bexell. But Patrick, you're not in Sweden, are you? No, I'm actually in the Baltic States. I'm in Riga, hopefully, 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 and all fingers crossed and knocking on wood and everything. I get to speak to Alexander Romanov tomorrow when uh, Dinamo Riga plays uh, Seska. I'm just waiting for, for the la- last confirmation mail from, from KHL, but... Uh, Hopefully, we'll, we'll uh, have some exciting interviews for, for you on this channel later on. Hopefully. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later because there was some breaking news about an hour before we started recording. But you weren't the only one to talk to Alexander Romanov, perhaps. Uh, obviously, Mark Bergevin did as well. Uh, but like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. The breaking news that I alluded to was the Taylor Hall trade. And the Arizona Coyotes acquiring Hall from the New Jersey Devils. And there's going to be a lot of people who look at the return and say, why didn't Mark Bergevin pay that? That's not that much. But at the same time, it's it's not an insignificant amount either. And for me, the, the big part of that trade, if you're looking at it, is the first round pick. I don't think the prospects that were given up are were anything that Mark Bergeron couldn't match, but I don't think that he wanted to give up that first round pick, not with the draft in Montreal. Yeah, partly that and par- partly the condition of, of the other first round pick or a third round pick that can turn into a second or first round pick. But yeah. also you're looking at the the prospects that um Arizona gave up it was and and let's not forget they took another roster player from Arizona as well in order to create that cap space um it, it would have been something along the lines of Norlander and and Ilonen going to Arizona or to New Jersey and I don't really see the uh, that Bergevin wants to part with any prospects at the moment he wants to have as many eggs in the basket as possible to see who hatches and 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 who can benefit the team in the long term and and you don't throw out one egg right now for what is it a six-month rental and and especially not when you're in a playoff race that you don't know how it can break but you look at arizona they are quite solid solidified in the playoffs and in the Western Conference, and you, you, they have to go all in because they have Kessel isn't getting younger, 
Jalmarsson isn't getting younger. They need to give Oliver Ekman Larsson some credit and, and a chance to win something uh, along with some of the other younger prospects, Chechirin and, and I actually not don't know that many more in Arizona's team. But, but yeah, you, you, you need to go all in right now. I'm uncertain if they can re-sign uh, Hall especially with what he will demand and what the open market will set his value at because they don't have that much of cap space. But on the other hand, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal. I, um, I, I think Arizona does the right thing, but I also think Mark Bergevin did the right thing right now. Yeah, I, I don't think you can blame Mark Bergevin for not making the trade, especially considering that the team is nowhere near a guarantee to make the playoffs. He said so much on on Monday afternoon when he spoke to the media in Vancouver. He said, there's not one guy who's going to guarantee that I make the playoffs. I'm not going to mortgage the future for one guy. And Well, if it, if it was Connor McDavid or, <laughs> or, you know, Jack Eichel maybe, you know, those are the guys you're looking at to, to change the, the, the yeah. season. And, and they probably could from Montreal. But yeah, <laughs> Hall is in that bracket, but not being able to keep him is probably the, the yeah, one. Yeah, no, exactly. Thing. You know, whatever, 50 so or so games, or not even not even 50 games, you know, 40, you know, yeah, about 50 games uh, of Taylor Hall is not worth a first round pick and three prospects. And, you know, if you sign them, then maybe, yeah, it, it's worth that plus the, the conditional pick uh, that, that was traded as well. To, to compare and, and you know the prospects, let's face it, not many people know every prospect on every team. So let, let's put a little bit into perspective. The three prospects, uh, major prospects that were acquired by the Devils, were Kevin Ball, a defenseman who plays in the OHL. He's the number three prospect um, to start the season on Corey Pronman's uh, Coyotes farm rankings. Then you have Nick Merkley, who is fifth on that list. And then you have Nate Schnarr, who is seventh on that list. If you want to compare it to Montreal, and again, no farm systems are the same. The number three prospect is not the same on every team, but let's put it into perspective. Number three for Montreal entering the season was Ryan Paling. Number five, Caden Primo. Number seven, Noah Julston. He's hurt, so let's let's go down one more. Number eight is Jesse Ulanen. I, I don't think that you would give up Paling, Primo, and Ulanen, plus a first-round pick for about 50 games of Taylor Hall, plus the playoffs. Uh, no, and I think Paling also, like, if you look at him, he has NHL experience. Primo does as well right now. So, so I, I don't, I'm not sure that these guys actually has any NHL experience. Maybe, you know, when you look at it that way, they... Um, they they are a little bit lower. They're a little bit further away from 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 the NHL than the prospects that Montreal has. But yeah, you know, I'm, I said it. It's like yeah, I, I think it would be Dylan and Norlander and 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 someone else and trading Norlander at the moment. I think would cause um, yeah a brain bleed somewhere <laughs> in the Montreal. Yeah, there's a lot of hype around Norlander, obviously, and you know, I I think it's more because. <clears throat> There were no expectations of him entering the season. You know, you see a 19-year-old being drafted in the third round. You don't really. And we, we talked a lot about Norlander. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think that at this point, 
his value is at his highest. But at the same point, uh, his value is at his highest. <laughs> you know, you you want to maybe see, uh, like you said before, you want to might see how how that hatches, and and Montreal, in a few years, will have no. Well, you know, Shea Weber's getting older. Jeff Petrie is getting older, becoming a free agent. You know, the the right side of the defense looks solid right now. In a couple of years, uh, they could use a guy like Norlander. So you don't want again. You don't want to sacrifice that much of the future, uh, and especially because Montreal has no guarantee to make the playoffs. No guarantee with, with or without Taylor Hall. When you compare it to Arizona, that is yeah. more or less a shoe-in. It's 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 a completely different situation, and you 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 can look at the prospects. You can look at the, the deal in itself, uh, but but you cannot really. Uh, you you also have to look at the situation for the two teams and. Um, Arizona will obviously get stronger. They're already in a very strong position. Montreal is will probably, and it hurts me to say it, uh, f- fall down the rankings a little bit, especially with the teams that are in the hunt for that third position in the in in the uh, Atlantic Division. Uh, but I think the the uh, uh, so the situation yeah, is completely different. I mean, and and Arizona is going all in. They can make this trade at this time because they are that sure of making. Play. And it's not even really all in. You know, you mentioned you mentioned the the, the prospects they gave up. If you look at you know the their 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 top players under the age of twenty three, only one of them is in the top ten uh, of that list. You know, they, they have a lot of young depth. They have Clayton Keller. They have Barrett Hayton, who is going to represent Canada at the World Juniors. They have Victor Soderstrom as well. A lot of talent on that Arizona team, and they can afford to give us some. Yannick, don't forget Yannick. That yeah. has a great season over in North America. Yeah. That was one of my prospects yeah. that I kept. Yeah, a couple a couple of years ago, he was the youngest guy in the draft, wasn't he? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Exactly, and, and uh, he's doing very very well. And and uh, I'm not surprised to be honest. Uh, it was one of the picks that I wanted uh, Montreal yeah. to make, and. Uh, well, he's looked like a good pick right now. We we never know with that. We, we we keep saying this. You never know with prospects, but right now he looks very. Yeah, good. and you you can't you can't you know take away too much from Montreal's 2018 draft. That draft does look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but but you can also say like Soderstrom, yeah. uh, Keller, uh, Yannick. They were not part uh, exactly. of this trade. Exactly, and, and and that says a lot as well. Yeah, no, exactly, and and you know I don't think Montreal probably was even top three. In this trade, you heard a lot of rumblings around a lot of uh, a lot of teams. Colorado was was rumbled to be involved. I, I don't think Montreal would have. They, they, they're they're in no position to give up as much as those teams. You know, Arizona's first in their division, Colorado's second in their division. Those, those are teams that are looking for the extra push. You know, Montreal is looking for an extra push to, you know, maybe maybe battle with Toronto at the end of the season. Uh, it's not the same thing. No, not at all. And and I think the. It, it comes down to you know Montreal was probably mentioned because the potential uh, availability to to sign Hall after because of the cap space that Montreal has, but I don't think that you know trade wise, Mark Bergevin might might give an offer, come free agency, but I don't think he he will do it right or that he did it for sure right now. He might have listened, called up and. And if he didn't, he didn't do his job. But but he probably called up, asked what they wanted, and just put the phone yeah, down. If, if this team didn't have that eight game losing streak, 
if this team wasn't 500 since the beginning of November, there might have been an opportunity for Mark Bridgman to be like, you know what? Let's let's give these guys a little bit more, especially with Jonathan Drouet out uh, and a hole on on the offense. And you know the the, the the you know the game against Detroit probably says it all. This team needs some scoring at, at some point. It, you know the defense had had its issues as well, but you know it'd be nice to have a someone else to put the puck in the net. But yeah, it, it's wasn't the right time. Uh, and, and Montreal does have cap space. They do have prospects, but at, at this point. It wasn't the right time. And Mark Bergevin spoke to the media, like we said, on Monday afternoon. And he said a lot of the same things he always says. He you know, mentioned that Alexander Romanov uh, said that he wants to come to Montreal. And he's looking forward to, you know, maybe even as soon as next year, once his contract runs out. You know, he mentioned that he's not in a rush to make a move. He's not in a rush to make a coaching change. He's not going to mortgage the future. A lot of the same things he always says. And he also said that Calfield yeah. won't be in school. Well, for, the, the, for the he said that before as well. For the all, <laughs> he said that years. before as well. It's, like it's, it's the same press conference over and over again. You can just put it on. If it wasn't in Vancouver, you had no idea that this was a new press conference. Oh, and he also looks a little bit different. He looks skinnier. He looks skinnier too. If, if there was a plant in front of him, we wouldn't know where he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's it's somewhat comforting, though, that he said the same thing. Because, what, two weeks ago, even a week ago, we were wondering whether there was going to be a panic move, whether he was going to you know do something that, that would sacrifice the future of this organization, uh, you know, fire a, what, what I believe to be a, a good coach in Claude Julien, one who has adjusted to the modern NHL in the last couple of years. But none of that. And I think that's somewhat comforting to know that, you know, he's sticking with this team and he's not going to sacrifice the future that he built up just to make the playoffs to maybe try and save his job. And maybe part of that, and I and I alluded this to, to this in a comment, if you always promise future success, and say, oh, it's going to get better. I promise you, I, it's going to get better. And and he's kind of doing that with Romanov. He's kind of doing that with Caulfield. It's kind of a misdirection to be like, no, we're doing good. You know, forget about the, you know, yet, yet we're, doesn't matter if we make the playoffs. Doesn't matter if we make the playoffs. Look at all these young guys coming. And I feel like he's kind of misdirecting everyone to to kind of take the pressure off the current team and himself <laughs> by by extension. And I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's a little bit of uh, gamesmanship, and you have to take everything he says with with a grain of salt, especially when he speaks to the media. Yeah, but I mean, we are all waiting, and and he has had a couple of, or he the team has had a couple of great drafts, and we're all waiting for, for those to really present themselves and make an impact directly, especially maybe now with. Kotkaniemi being injured and having adjusted to a sophomore slump and and uh, having maybe built up a little bit too much muscle over the summer in, in one go. There are, you know, things and he needs to put up. There are other guys coming. There are other guys, you know, close to the team and we're expecting a lot from them. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the same as always. But I'm really, really happy to hear that 
I, I won't be the only. I, I would probably be the only guy, but I'm happy to hear that he won't sacrifice the future for something right now. Yeah, I, I, at some point he's going to have to be a little bit more aggressive. But I'm happy that it's not happening to save his job in the middle of an eight-game losing streak. I, I, I'm at some point he's going to have to do something with this team. It, it's, it's not, it's not. It might not even be a playoff team, and there's no excuse to miss the playoffs four or five years. I think, I honestly think this, that if he doesn't make a move to try and, you know, save his job, the reason he's going to save his job is by pointing to the future. I don't know if that's good enough. I, I just don't, I don't think that's good enough for him to save his job. If this team misses the playoffs, I don't think Mark Bergman is back next year. And I know that everyone is saying, oh, Jeff Molson saying, oh, we like the future. And everyone, I, I don't know if he's going to be back if they miss the playoffs. But I'm, I'm still comforted that he's, going to make, uh, he's not making a panic move. But I think he might want to. <laughs> but I, like I said, I think, I think the misdirection... <laughs> I think the misdirection is his way of saying, look over here, I have a shiny prospect in Russia. Look over here. I have a shiny prospect in the NCAA. They're coming soon. They're coming soon. And and in the meantime, uh, the team fails to make a playoff for four or five years. Yeah, but I, I also think uh, the he, he he goes in and he says, Roma wants to play in the NHL, and obviously he wants. We don't know really what happened in that or what was said in that discussion. And... Uh, it's it's obviously between those two and maybe the translator if if that's needed. I don't know about how much English Romano speaks, but obviously he went to to Montreal alone this year, so so there is this chance and he has shown interest. But you know he can't go to Russia and say our Romano isn't coming. It's a PR stint in any way. Um, we, we've been over this before and we mentioned it before. Seska can renegotiate everything and and. I have I haven't read any of the papers after the press conference, but I would assume this is big news in Russia. Uh, and uh, so, so I'm in Riga, which is Latvia. I'm just saying that so everyone knows uh, it's not Russia I'm in. Uh, but uh, but you, you would have to assume that this put Seska on on. You know, they are a big team over here. They're probably the best team outside uh, NHL. Uh, I keep repeating that they would beat some of the NHL teams, especially you know the bottom feeders that uh, Montreal never manages to beat. Uh, so, so you have that team, and they, they will, you know, they will have to look good for their fans as well. So they will put an offer in. Then, if Romanov doesn't take it, fair play, but they're going to give him. They're going to throw the bank at him. Yeah, it's really going to test the theory of whether Alexander Romanov wants to come to Montreal. Because if he wants to come to Montreal, he's going to take a pay cut, most likely. Yeah, but he will. He will. He will. He will. He will cut his uh, paycheck in half at least. And and I would also assume that he would go in under because you know the sports play people over in Russia they they don't pay tax or or they pay very little tax. So you got that counting as well. And. I know what I would do if, it was, if I was in his case, and I'm not saying that because I'm European and I'm writing for, for the European side of Ice on the Price, so I want to have him here longer. I'm saying this because if I was 19 and I was offered $5 million there and, and, and $2 million over there, I'll go with the $5 million, especially if that was home. 
Yeah. So, so it, it, the piece is that I will make the money, then I will go over because you never know what's going to happen with your career. We saw that with Rewi, we saw that with uh, with Ikonen, uh, or, which will probably still have a great career in hockey. I, I really do think Ikonen will. But, you know, he looked really, really good, but injuries put an end to it. So, so you never know what's going to happen. You take the early money as soon as you can. That's what I would do. At the same point, you mentioned Ikenin, you know, that that's, you mentioned the injury. Yes, you know, there, there's money on the table that, that he would have left on the table in Russia, but the money in Russia is always going to be there for these guys. You know, you look at Vadim Shipachev and, and, and guys like that, you know, even, you know, they, the money is always going to be there in Russia. If he wants to really make a jump to the NHL, if he, and he has an injury next year, maybe maybe Mark Bergevin doesn't sign him. Or you know, like like Leone Ikinen, there's no there's no guarantee that he's going to get a contract. But then he already has the contract. Then he has the five mil from Russia. You know, yeah, but he, but he can I'm always saying. make five mil from Russia if he gets if he comes over to North America. Not if he has a career-ending injury. You know, then he has one million from 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 his entry-level contract or or three mil over over three years. But in Russia, he'd had you know five, six mil over three years. Yeah, it it uh, it's an interesting situation. But obviously, well, the only the only way we'll find out is is when he signs the contract with whoever he signs the contract with. <laughs> and until then, until then, we can only guess. The, the way Mark Bergman put it has put Seska in a bad corner. You know. Yeah. That, that's another thing. Mark is obviously doing his job. I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong, but right now he's he's playing catch with a with a shark, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it 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 points to them. And say, hey, the ball's in your court. If you want to sign him, sign him, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the the, the KHL and NHL are probably never going to get along. No, but you know, it's it's all it's all negotiation. Um, but it's also posturing. I I don't I don't know if I expect. Alexander Romanov to come over uh, to North America next year, and if he does, I don't expect him to be in the NHL next year. I really don't. Actually, I do. Uh, uh, if he comes over, he'll be on the third line next year. He will play similar minutes to to what he does in KHL right now. Uh, he'll be the fifth defender, uh, but I don't see him go in higher up the the at the in the roster. Uh, but yeah, you, you you don't bring him over. Uh, put him in the AHL uh, because you see what that, that's just going to give him a reason to go back to Russia. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch what happens to to Romanov uh, going forward. And you know the, the three games for the Canadians this week before the Christmas break in Western Canada, a trip where they've had not much success. Any time that the games go into the Western time zone. Or, or mountain time zone? Limited. <laughs> I think we should just call it limited yeah, success. Yeah, limited success. Yeah. yeah. It, but th- they have had wins there. They they have had wins there. Um, there's a couple of memorable games. Um, but honestly, the only ones that come to mind that are really bad ones. Um, there was that infamous bowling trip uh, when Guy Carboneau was coaching the team. Uh, yeah, not, not, not great memories of... Actually, you know what? The one good memory I have of a Western Canada game was when Lars Eller scored from the bench. Remember that? <laughs> I was going to say, 
I, I, I presume you're coming up with the Canada winning Olympic gold oh, yeah. now yeah, in Vancouver, but yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That was a that was a Canadians team that did well. Uh, um, but no, yeah, Lars 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 Eller scoring from the bench. Um, I don't know. If, I don't remember if it was Luongo or or somebody. I don't think it was Luongo in that at that point. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's the only thing I remember uh, of a positive note in recent memory. Yeah, for me, this this game, this is like tomorrow's game. This is uh, this is this is Monday, Tuesday for me. Uh, but but uh, uh, Tuesday's game, which will be Wednesday morning for me. I have to get up. Uh, I tweeted out earlier today that uh, you know the first article I did with with Vedemo and and he's in the team. I have to get up there and just see <laughs> if he's in the lineup. If, if he's in the lineup, I, I don't think I, I don't think he will be. I don't think he will be part of the team at at the first game. But but if he is, I'm not going to miss it. It's been a long journey for 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 me to follow Lucas all the way here, and I'm not going to miss his first shift on on the nhl rink you know it's 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 gonna be amazing and and uh, i was up for it to see like on in, in his first game so so this will well, be the next one with with vedemo he's a guy who claude julian will be able to trust very quickly and, and that's a big thing you see it with nick suzuki you saw it last year if you spare could if if claude julian can trust you he'll he'll use you and and earning that trust is, is is a big thing. We saw it with with uh, with uh, Gustav Olsson. We saw it with Otto Leskinen. Uh, saw it early on with Kale Fleury. It, it takes a little bit for for Claude Julien to to get a, get get young players. But it, it, Vedemo is a guy who we we mentioned this with Kutkiniemi. His game goes from the defensive zone out, and and that's a guy that Claude Julien could could lean on. You know. I don't. I don't know if he. I. I the thing is, I. I don't know if there's a spot at center for him. I, I think he's there more as a precaution, but I also don't think they'll they'll send him down without playing a game. Obviously, he got a practice in on Monday. He'll probably get another practice or two in, uh, because I. I don't think he's going to be in against Vancouver. Uh, the team has 14 forwards right now. Uh, sorry, 13 forwards right now. 14 with Jesperi Kutkiniemi, who was in a no contact jersey on Monday. So it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, uh, you know, after seeing him in Laval, I I, I want to see him do well as well. Uh, obviously, I'm... you know, you put him in, you put him <laughs> in against Pedersen. I've seen him play against Pedersen before, and the only time Pedersen managed to score against Hugh Gordon was when Lucas was in the sin bin. So you know, there's that. But but he's only scored one game in that uh, one goal in that game, and and the only open ice he got was when Lucas was on the um, was on the bench, and you know, fair play. Lucas can Lucas can take out Patterson. At least he could a year ago or two years ago. So you never know. It it, it might be worth doing it. Yeah, well, you, you know, he he took Philip Dano's place in in practice. He he skated with Thomas Tatar and Brendan Gallagher. So maybe maybe we're looking at Lucas Vedemo first line center to shut down Patterson in Vancouver. I'm joking, by the way. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, I, I do think that he he's a guy. He's the type of guy who can step in, and you can trust right away. And and it'll be interesting to see what happens and and whether where he plays and and what Claude Julien does with him. But uh, I was surprised to see him get called up. To be completely honest, when it came on on Saturday night, but I guess they wanted an extra forward there who can play center. 
They already have Paling there as well. So I, I don't know what they plan. Maybe he plans on making some changes Tuesday morning. We'll, we'll see what happens. But we'll have everything for you and Eyes on the Prize. Uh, Patrick, if we don't have another podcast, happy holidays. Uh, happy holidays to all our listeners. I think we'll probably get another one in before the 25th. Happy holidays to all of you. Uh, happy holidays to to um, to uh, to you, Jared, and and to your dogs. <laughs> obviously, I hope they have a calm New Year's at least. Yeah, yeah the, the, I think this is the first time my dogs have made an appearance on the podcast. But yeah, they'll have a good holidays. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully the uh, the West Coast road trip. If you're on the East, or if you're even more East, like Patrick is right now, doesn't keep you up too late with horrible games. Uh, but if you do miss anything, next morning come to Eyes on the Prize. We'll have you covered. We'll see you next time on Hobson Minded. <laughs>